He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Well, I got to tell you, I love hospitality because it gives us an opportunity to serve a wide audience of people. I've been in the space for uh, you know, a number of years going way back to my Marriott days. And so it's been bred in me and I, I, I continue to like it to this day. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked and not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct. You can stop stressing at least a little bit and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to Hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and today is a very special day because, of course, you get another episode of Slick Talk in your earbuds, but we have an amazing guest. His name is Noble Crawford, who is the host of Hospitality Cashflow, which is a podcast based on hospitality, short-term rentals, all things amazing. And uh, we've actually met through Clubhouse, and I'm so excited to finally have him on the show. Uh, it's, it's always great to have another podcast collab uh, and just finding out you actually worked for Marriott, just like I did. That's where I got started. And so I'm, I can't wait to hear your story in more depth and uh, just excited to have you on the show, Noble. Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you having me. I'm super happy to be here. Let's make it happen. Awesome. Well, hey, let's just, like I said, let's just find out where did your story begin? Because uh, finding out you started with Marriott uh, International like I did, I know you were you pretty much not. I wouldn't say had it beaten into you, but you had hospitality standards that were pretty high. Like Marriott's a very recognized name for its hospitality, for the ability to recognize moments and curate experiences. So tell me, what is your origin story and how did you get into where you are today? Sure, sure. So I actually started um, role at that Marriott was uh, in the conference setup department, right? So you know, with had the ballroom and different companies would come in and have events. And so I worked in conference services since I was a, as a young dude. Right. And um, so an opening became available in the audio uh, video department, which, you know, so they're handling all the equipment and sound and projection and stuff for these events. And so I, I said, you know, that sounds like something that's more for me. And so I jumped in and uh, got trained in that space in Marriott um, and kind of cut my teeth on the, the live event production side, but from a hospitality standpoint. And so I had the good fortune of working with a number of Fortune 500 companies, um, a number of different brands, and really understanding the hospitality play, not just from an accommodation standpoint, but from a service standpoint and a, and a meetings uh, and conferences standpoint. So mm -hmm. that's how I got started. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so 
from from that point, where did that lead you in your career? Did you it stay at that same property? Did you try out different departments? Kind of walk me through to getting to where you're now in the short-term rental industry, uh, providing you know short-term rental accommodations to travelers instead of a hotel accommodation. Got it. That's such a story. I try to keep it <laughs> keep it to a minimum. So, um, so so yeah. So I, I jumped in into the uh, event production space. I ended up working for a number of different brands. So Marriott was just my launching point, mm-hmm. but I worked for Hilton. I worked for the Intercontinental Hotel Group. Um, I worked for the the Peabody Hotel, which is a, a, a quaint property that at the time was in Little Rock. So I worked for I worked for uh, uh, Holiday Inn at one point, and so uh, I rose up in the ranks and I learned the event production side at these uh, hotel venues and at these conference center type venues. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I spent probably twelve plus years in that space. Um, um, I, you know, eventually became a technology director, and that led me to working with a, a major airline at their headquarters uh, based in Texas. And I was the te- technology director over the entire campus, um, which also included uh, event space and auditoriums and things like that. Wow. Um, and so this particular industry is very niche because it's technically called the audiovisual industry. And that's because we deal in all things audio and video related. And so long story short, I ended up getting into the sales side of that, uh, of that industry after exiting the hospitality side of that industry and uh, became a commission-based salesperson. Um, And up until right about 2014, 2013, 2014, um, did did some large projects and pretty much cashed out at that point. And uh, then I started a marketing agency in that same space. Oh, wow. So it's still in the technology space. Um, marketing was something that I was really into at the time. I got my HubSpot certification, started that. And uh, 2017 rolls around and I was, uh, actually it was my father. My father had seen a video about short-term rentals. He said, hey, have you heard about this? And he sent me the link. And uh, I, I was like, I need to check. I need to look into this. Right. And so um, I had some friends out in California that had recently got into it and uh, they were getting together a group of them to have a mastermind. And so my wife and I flew out there to kind of learn more about it and get more information. And as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> That's awesome. So now you, you guys flew out to California to get this information. And now what's the structure and the business model for you guys? Because I've been in so many clubhouse rooms with you and you drop a lot of good knowledge based on whether it's hospitality, real estate, uh, when it comes to implementing systems and tech and all this stuff, uh, for all the podcast listeners that can't see Noble right now, he looks super clean and focused. So I can tell he's got an audio visual background because it's not like my other, my other guests on the show where we're all just on our, our laptops, uh, cameras. So I, I'm just kind of curious, what was that like initial beginning? What's the structure that you guys have now with your, your brand? Got it. Great question. So when we started, we were very intentional about, so first of all, we're in what's called the, the rental arbitrage space. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're leasing, uh, we're leasing units at typically a multifamily uh, complexes and we're leveraging those accommodations for our clients. Yeah. And so when we started, we were very intentional about um, making sure that we focused on not only short-term guests, but uh, medium to long-term guests as well. And so we kind of started with a hybrid approach. Uh, but to this very day, we uh, utilize the, the rental arbitrage model. That's uh, you know what we've been doing for the last four years. And uh, it's 
it's worked out well for us. Well, how that how does that work? So for a lot of the listeners that don't know, arbitrage is kind of like the it's not kind of it's another word of saying master lease. So with that in COVID, a lot of master lease companies um, we can list off a, a, a quite a few that went actually out of business immediately, like within three weeks or four weeks of of COVID. How have you guys been able to pivot during that? Because it's a little bit more riskier than a more rev share uh, type approach. Right. So here's here's how we were able to not only survive, but kind of thrive during the COVID. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, what's interesting is that we literally only lost two bookings mm. during COVID. OK. Um, and everything else. State. Now, where we did take a hit was future bookings kind of fell off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the way that we were set up, uh, we didn't feel the brunt of it like some of these other companies have. So let me explain. Yeah. So. Um, again, we were intentional about how we were set up, but one of those things included um, making sure that we were working direct B2B with uh, companies and organizations to do direct bookings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we weren't dependent on uh, the Airbnbs, the OTAs, the different platforms for business when COVID hit. And we actually had some long term guests already in units. Um, we had some medium-term guessing units, um, and then we had our direct booking channels that we leveraged uh, significantly. And then of those uh, uh, guest bookings that we had that were with uh, OTAs, uh, we had the two cancellations. We had other uh, reservations in the pipeline where guests uh, attempted to uh, cancel, and we simply moved those reservations out to a future date, yeah. right? So we just rescheduled them. Yeah. Right. And so it was a uh, it was revenue that we captured just at a later time. But in terms of an overall loss, it was simply just two. But some of those um, uh, direct bookings that we were able to leverage because we, we operate in a couple of different verticals. So so healthcare, um, So higher education, uh, corporate insurance, small government relocation and then the destination traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we had agreements with insurance companies, uh, because we had. Um, you know, the, the healthcare play, which was huge during the COVID yeah. for, you know, housing uh, medical professionals. And because we had the higher education uh, side of the business, those really kept us afloat. And, and people might say, well, how did higher education keep you afloat? Well, ironically enough, when uh, the school started to shut down and the dorm started to close, these students needed a place to go. But not only the students, but the international students were stuck mm. stateside. They could not travel back home. And so they were in hotels, a lot of them. And so in the, in, the, in the locations where we have properties adjacent or close to universities and colleges, we leveraged that. Um, and we were able to convert, you know, say a two bedroom that we would typically rent out as a whole. We broke that down into renting it by the doors because those international students had friends that they wanted to be able to stay with them. Yeah. And so we we not we 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 multiplied our revenue during the COVID, oddly enough. So we've been very fortunate. No, that's really incredible. Just, that's a complete opposite. That's a rare finding from a lot of other people's stories is that, you know, lost a ton of revenue, figured out how are we going to sink or swim uh, type deal. And then, you know, eventually overcome as, as travel and everything started picking back up. Um, so that's really incredible. So for, for your guys's business, when it came to direct bookings and, and actually, let me ask you this, when it came to rescheduling, those, those customers, those guests, um, in the future, instead of letting them cancel, um, how was the response with that? Like, where was everyone like, yeah, that makes sense. Like we, we definitely would like to just reschedule it. Hopefully we'll be able to make our trip different then. 
uh, then obviously now that way you guys kind of have that, that money sitting there. It's, it's a, in order to keep that cash flow. Yeah. Great question. Great question. So um, that was a, it, it took a look, it took some effort, right? It yeah. wasn't just a simple, Hey, you know, we're, we're not going to give you a refund right now. We're <laughs> just going to let you reskit. Right. No, it wasn't that simple. And so, um, so what, what we did though, was we incentivized them. Mm. So we said, Hey, th- th- here's the situation. You know, as you know, you know, we understand why you don't want to travel right now um, with things the way they are. Um, you know, however, you know, this in- impacts our business. And we had some very candid conversations with these guests, but this this has also impacted our business. Um, and and so we have a company policy that we that we've set. And if it's you know, if it's something that was booked through the OTAs, we're pretty much going to stick to that. However, because we understand this kind of the sensitive nature of this, we still want to honor the booking. And so we'll allow you to rebook with us up to a year in advance mm. um, and reschedule that. Um, and, and then not only that, but we'll, we'll, we'll incentivize you. We'll throw in a little something extra, you know, to make it to make it worthwhile. Because at the end of the day, we still want to host you, you know, um, for, for whatever reason you were coming to town um, that, you know, that that could be postponed. Um, and so that, that was kind of the nature of the conversation. It's some little back and forth, you yeah. know, with the guests. Um, but for the most part, um, with the exception of those two, um, you know, p- people were pretty, um, you know, pretty um, receptive to, you know, to what we were trying to do. And the fact that we are a small business and yeah. we want to remain in business. Right. We don't want to end up like some of those others. So that was kind of kind of how it went down. I love that. I think it just shows the overall like just human to human connection, interaction, being honest up front, not. No BS, just kind of just saying, hey, look, look, this is the nature of the beast, right? Um, I, I love that. that. That's how um, it's, not, it's very positive compared, you know, to compared to 200 or 2000 cancellations uh, is, is definitely a, a positive thing to hear about. Uh, so that's really cool. That's really awesome. And so have, I guess, like what for me, I, I'm trying to figure out with these students and these nurses and and all this stuff, what what has been the, I guess, like big push with uh, with what you guys are doing now, as now travel is recovering in a different format and structure than it was, you know, two, three, four months ago. Now that we're starting to see a pickup, are you guys changing that model, or is that model going to be continued? So the model will not change because it works. Mm-hmm. What we are doing is we're adding more units. Okay. Right. <laughs> so as things start to begin to tick back up. We want to take advantage of the fact that, you know, these these property owners and these landlords and and property management companies, look, they're they're in a bad spot. Right. And, you know, with these, uh, you know, with with, with folks kind of squatting now without payment, you know, for the most part, because of the 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 rental concessions and what have you, um, that's put a lot of them in in a bad predicament. And so because of that, you know, we're coming to the table looking for a win win opportunity where we're going to be a paying tenant. Right. Um, that not only pays on time, but pays early in many cases, we're going to look to get a number of units, a block of units from you so we can help solve some of that vacancy rate problem that you have. Um, and, and, and we're going to actually sign a longer term lease. And so, um, so we, we, we've used this time to look for uh, opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities and create new partnerships and kind of create win-win situations for some of those, uh, uh, properties that are, you know, in, in need of a uh, better tennis. Yeah. No, that's, that's such a really incredible. My, my question to you is cause um, how are you guys managing all this on the back end? Like what type of tech are you guys using to either when, when it comes to contracts with insurance companies, longer term stays, all the, the insurance, I think I, yeah, I just mentioned that insurance college, whatever. 
um, nurses, traveling uh, professionals like that. How are you guys managing all this on the systems back end? Yeah, so our our technology stack is not too indifferent than a lot, you know, a lot of the other operators out there, right? And so, you know, there's some of the primary technologies that you want to have in place, you know, for 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 guest communications, you know, we'll you know, like many folks, we use smart BNB. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we have dynamic pricing software tool that we use. Um, you know, obviously we have uh, the direct booking component. So we, you know, give the, give the, uh, the guests the ability to direct book. But here's one thing I would say yeah. um, for those companies and organizations that we have kind of B2B relationships set up with, um, we offer them a way to book with us directly um, either on behalf of their um, their staff or their employees and or providing them with a kind of a backdoor private booking channel, mm. um, you know, for, for, for their folks. And so um, and, and I'll give you an example. So in the, uh, in the, in the insurance space. Yeah. So this is a very lucrative um, vertical to be in. And, and, and it's also, believe it or not, it's also recession proof. And here's why. Because it doesn't matter if there's an economic crisis, if there's a health crisis, whatever the case may be. There's always going to be folks that have homes that have floods, fires, termite damage, you name it. Like that's just going to happen. And so regardless of what's happening around the world and what's happening around us, those things are going to be apparent. And so when you're aligned with um, with an insurance company, uh, you know, you can develop that relationship so where they're funneling you direct business. Right. And so the way that works is that um, so within the insurance space, the insurance companies have relationships with claims adjusters. Mm-hmm. Right. The claims adjusters have relationships with the uh, lodging providers and the accommodations providers. And so a lot of people don't realize that a lot of those lodging providers are hotels, but they're also private lodging providers as well. So for short, short term rental operators. And when you can offer an experience that allows their um, their customers to have the luxuries and amenities of home while their home is being repaired, yeah. um, that's a big differentiator between sending them down the street to the Holiday Inn, right, or, or any number of hotels. And so, um, so we've built uh, relationships with with a lot of these companies uh, directly, um, so that because we, we want to be the first phone call that they make when there is a yeah. a homeowner in our area in the area of one of our properties that uh, you know that needs accommodations. And so, I would say more more than not, it's been. Uh, relationship building that's been huge for us how's how's anyone even start that route like for me i've always been on the like professional hotel side where we get the contract and then now i know i'm like okay i know how to set up the direct billing and all this stuff and you know but on the management side i've actually never worked a relationship with an insurance company like that um so can you maybe give us a quick insider so uh anyone who's listening could be like hey here we go let's try it yeah, absolutely. So it's funny the way that we got into it um, was through our first booking with uh, through an insurance company. Mm. And that one happened, ironically enough, it happened through Airbnb. Oh. Right. And so um, so they we got this booking uh, one day and it was like, you know, five, six grand. And it was for like a small one of our small properties. And it was for like 28 days. And we were like, 
what the what you know like like this this is this is nice <laughs> and so um when, when we dug into the airbnb booking uh there's a company out there this this national uh nationwide i believe it's called ale solutions so l solutions so they're a big uh housing provider for different insurance companies or claims adjusters kind of around the, c- the country really to be honest and so um so so they reached out booked with us and then we said um well, so we picked up the phone and we called them and, and we said, you know, we got this book and thank you so much. You know, what do we need to do to get more of these? Yeah. Right. And they kind of walked us through the steps of listing on our properties on their service mm. um, and, and, uh, and, and, and that sort of thing. And then when we realized that this is actually a thing with these insurance companies, we started just picking up the phone. Right. And we started just calling yeah. um, and having those verbal conversations um, and starting to build those relationships. And, and, and now there's a, you know, a handful of them that we uh, are affiliated with that sent us direct business. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like everybody needs to be tapped into that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. That's definitely something I'm going to be trying out uh, as we're, as we're growing our company. So for now, I'm kind of curious because I've always been the management model. I've always been rev share never done uh, master lease uh, just because of the beginning nature. Like when I first started uh, looking into it, I was like, uh, I don't know. But this was like in 2018, 19, the, the economy was really good. Uh, there was no COVID. So uh, for, for people that are in the master lease area or for any, like, I'm just curious, how do you even start that conversation? Because do you go in paying the, the rents that they have listed or do you negotiate uh, lower rents? Like, how does that work? So uh, we do not pay market rate. Um, uh, we, so we do negotiate. Uh, so typically the negotiation aspect of it happens, um, closer to, um, signing the contract. And so there's a lot of stuff we do, some preliminary stuff we do on the front end prior to, um, you know, asking for, uh, you know, discounts and, and things like that. But, um, one of the ways to negotiate the, not, not only the rents, um, but get other concessions is to get uh, multiple units. So that's one. And to also do longer leases. Mm. Okay. Um, because uh, if you're getting multiple units, then you're doing more of a volume play and you're helping solve one of their major problems, which typically is going to be vacancy. Yeah. Um, and so when you're doing it in volume or in bulk, usually you can ask for that rent concession. And we're usually asking for a month or two free up front off the top. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of times waiving of fees, admin fees, application fees, things like that. Um, but then also if you're doing it for a longer rental term, maybe you're only just taking a couple of units, you may be taking one or two or, or just, you know, a handful. And so if you're doing instead of the traditional tenant, which does their normal 12, 14 month lease, you know, we may come in at 18 or 24 months. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if we're just doing a couple of units, we'll leverage that length of that, uh, you know, of the lease term to ask for additional concessions. And so that's, that's typically how it works out nine times out of 10. And do they ever come back with like concerns about, you know, that not, I hate using the term, but like bad guests and disrupting the community and, and all the other stuff that's inside the building. Uh, is that something that's a, a concern that you guys usually face pretty quick? Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. So we've, um, so we found that there are, just over a half a dozen pain points, um, probably maybe seven or eight different pain points that these uh, landlords and property management companies have. And so in knowing that, we know what our talking points need to be when we hit the front door. 
mm-hmm. and, and the things that we need to overcome in the course of the conversation um, to get buy-in from them. Now, some of that starts with educating them on the business model, right? Because automatically, if Automatically, if you're not using the right uh, verbiage uh, or language and you're not framing it the right way, then you can cripple yourself if they have the inclination that you you want to do Airbnb in their property. Right. And so we always um, practice and advise our students to never use the the phrase Airbnb, never use the word Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, so a lot of it is based on uh, understanding their pain points. And, you know, talking up the benefits of your partnership with them that addresses their pain points and then framing that in a way that presents your product and service as a solution mm-hmm. for, for their pain points. Um, and when you uh, do that, when you do, do it with some repetition, you'll begin to uh, have a command of how to go into a building and, you know, more often than not get the yes. It's, and so does that answer your question? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That and just, I'm, I got so many things going through my head because on the management model, I'm usually like telling the owner, I'm like, hey, we, uh, we're we not responsible for paying your mortgage. You still got to pay that if we get no bookings. Uh, you got to furnish it. You got to, you know, meet our brand standards when it comes to linen and, and remote locks. And, and we'll obviously like install, install things like noise aware or whatever. But um, on, on that, it's just like, I'm thinking about, you know, you guys are getting these leases. So if you get that first month free, is that what you guys are taking as like kind of furnishing the place and unit, getting it ready and to be booked? Correct. So that way you guys have like a little bit of a lead time more than more than that. Great question. Great question. So so this is interesting. Yeah. Um. So if we know that we're going to execute a lease at a place, then we have our process pretty much set up now. So we we have a hard date for when we're going to get keys. Um, so typically we know what the lead time is now with COVID it's a little bit different, but we know what the lead time is with furniture, um, and things like that. And also with, uh, utilities, you know, because some of the utilities take longer than others to set up. And so we'll usually ask for keys on a date where we pad that lead time. Right. So if we know, like, it's going to take two weeks roughly for everything to come in, um, then we'll say, um, you know, we want keys on the 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 fifteenth, right? Um, and we'll start ordering on we'll start ordering on the first. Uh, but here's what we'll do because we know that we can have a unit up and running in typically three to four days, ready to go out of the gate. We will pre-sell that space. Okay, so we will list it. We will not have photos, but we will list it on the OTAs. We will let our direct B2B clients know that we have another property directly for their employees. Um, and we will pre-sell that space before we even have photos. And so what we'll simply do is we'll put a coming soon photo that has a, a, a it, it's bold and white says coming soon. But in the background, you can see a faded kind of image of a living room with, with furniture in it. But you can't make it out enough that it's not that it's going to match the listing later. Right. And that's the only photo we'll use. We'll yeah. use that one. And we may do a couple of photos of the 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 location of, around the uh, property, you know, some some attractions or things like that. And uh, you would be surprised. We have got we have pre-sold more nights using that strategy 
uh, than than I can remember. Wow. And so, yeah, that's just how we do it. That's that's cool. So, and you're basically putting this into your property management software and allowing it to be ready to book at a certain date. Like you're going live, but then you're setting, you're blocking off up until, let's say, you know, May first, whatever. Uh, so that's actually great. yep. Okay. That's- that's how you, we do you, it. Using that, using that algorithm. I like that. I like that. Using the algorithm uh, <laughs> right. uh, lead time. I like that. That's really nice. Okay, sweet. And yep. you've, you've kind of mentioned, so you said students earlier in the podcast. Now I'm kind of curious. So you guys are teaching this to other operators, newcomers in the industry, that type of style? That's correct. So um, I'm currently doing a one-on-one mentoring, mm-hmm. which I'll be honest, wear me the hell out. So uh, we're getting ready to launch group coaching. Yeah. Um, that's coming up. I'm I'm super excited about it for all the obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Um. So we we do have those uh available to students. Okay. Really interesting. How did you guys get started in that? Was just seeing that your guys' model worked, and then realizing that there's a lot of people that the same questions I'm asking you on the podcast, and you're like, instead of repeating myself twenty thousand times, I'm gonna go ahead and just do this. <laughs> Dude. Um. To be honest, Clubhouse, man. Wow. Uh, I had no intention of teaching this stuff to anyone. Like we've helped a ton of people, but we just, we never charged for it. We like, I can't even count how many people we've helped get launched. Um, and we just never, I, I've never envisioned myself being on the education side of this business. But when I got in the clubhouse and I started talking in different rooms and things, I was surprised at the number of people who were DMing me, do you have a coaching program? Do you have a course? Do you have this or that? And I kept saying, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. And are you going to have one? If so, when like I, I get inundated with requests. And so it was the market driving it really, Wow. you know, it's kind of a supply demand. Like there, it kept asking me and I was like, okay. And so the, so the quickest route for me to get there was to do the one-on-ones. Yeah. Right. Um, because it takes a little while to build out a full blown course. Yeah. And so, so I started with that and start bringing students in with that. And now we're working on um, kind of a group coaching program. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. It's incredible, dude. That's really incredible. And then when did you start the podcast again? Um, So the podcast started, tw- it started Q4 of 2019. Okay. And so Q3, Q4 of 2019 is when we started it. Yeah. And what's your focus with the podcast? What's what's the conversation like? Where for like any of my listeners, granted, I hope they don't get bored of my podcast, but for that they're checking out other hospitality podcasts in the industry. Uh, what what's the kind of like overall uh, topic coverage, and what do you what do you, what's the show about? Yeah, so you know, obviously prior to COVID, we were using it as a platform to just give away the information, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, so so there's 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 a lot of like kind of our process, what we went through, different stories and things like that, um, interviewing some guests over different topics, um, really kind of educating people in the uh, hospitality space. But not only that, um, you know, some of our episodes episodes are geared towards um, the multifamily uh, developers and syndicators and investors yeah. because that's who we like to partner with. And so we, we want to make some resources available to them to help educate them on this model. Now, uh, fast forward to today, a lot of people are very familiar with short-term rentals and what that's all about and that sort of thing. Um, so there's less of that educational element on that side, but, um, you know, it's, we're just giving away the game basically on a podcast, um, probably to a lesser extent than we have on clubhouse lately, because as you know, um, that's, that's just where you can just get everything, you know, yeah. uh, in one room. And so, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. 
No, that's awesome. And I, I've always found the podcast to be a really powerful tool just to be like a, a resource saying, you know, if somebody has a question about a certain thing, you can always reference an episode or a guest or a, a certain like resource that you talked about on the show. Like there's so many ways it, it can really help. Uh, like you said, educate, just be a resource, be a connector, all the good stuff. Um, now Clubhouse is becoming like a somewhat hybrid of that. Um, so it's really cool to see. And I just, I, I love what you're doing. You've taught me some stuff that I didn't know uh, prior to, you know, I'm, I've always been single family homes, management, rev share model. So uh, le- learn a little bit more about the multifamily and the, and the master leasing arbitrage is uh, always interesting. But where can everyone else find you? I'm going to put all the stuff in the show notes, but where can they find more about Noble Crawford, what you're doing, your podcast, you name it. I'm just going to let you take the stage. Awesome. I appreciate it. So, yeah, folks can uh, tap in with me uh, at the podcast, Hospitality Cash Flow. So we're on most of the major um, podcast platforms. Um, also, on uh, IG. I wasn't a big like IG user before Clubhouse. And I was like, you know, I got to get my IG game up because <laughs> these people are like, we, we want to DM you. Right. So they can DM me on IG. I'm at uh, I think it's noble dot. Uh, no, it's yes. Noble dot Crawford dot the number three. Um, and so, so they can hit me there and, uh, those are the best places to reach out to me, although I'm on LinkedIn. So, you know, uh, they can hit me on LinkedIn and, uh, Facebook, uh, they can't hit me on Facebook. Usually that's just my, you know, my personal goings on or whatever, but, Same. uh, you know, I, I accept friend requests, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, any of those channels. Awesome. Awesome. Well, no, well, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It's always good to be in a clubhouse room with you, but we're always sharing the stage and I never feel like I can just like riff off of something that you said or have a, a good conversation with you uh, one-on-one. So this has been a, a true pleasure. So thank you so much for being on the show. Hey man, I appreciate you for having me. Um, I, this has been a long time in the making and uh, I was just super excited to finally get the chance to jump on with you. Your podcast is epic. And so, uh, so I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. That means uh, uh, you have no idea what that means to me hearing from you. So thank you guys uh, for the support. And then, all the listeners, check out Noble. Go ahead, look at the show notes in the or look at the links in the show notes. Man, I always mess that up. Uh, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. I could not be more thankful that you chose my podcast to listen to today. Now, I also couldn't be more thankful for the amazing partners and sponsors I have for the show. We have Hostfully.com, NoiseAware.com, and Safely.com, and you can check out more about my sponsors on the Slick Talk website, where I have the sponsors and partners page. Now, thank you for tuning in, and enjoy another episode. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network, 
And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.